What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the 1960 Plus podcast. My name is Christian, guys, and we are back after, I think, a couple of weeks off. We've had some technical difficulties behind the scenes, some problems with WebEx and recording remotely, but we're back and better than ever with some new equipment, some new audio recording devices, and hopefully you guys at home can hear it. We sound a lot more crystal clear, and yeah, just happy to be back. Uh, once again, my name is Christian, and I'm joined with the uh, three good friends that talk about the beautiful sport with me on this podcast. Right across the table from me, we got Saul. Saul, how you doing this week, man? Yo, chilling, you know, been a entertaining week of football and, you know, can't complain. But, yeah, just excited, you know, after, I think, two weeks off. Um, yeah, just excited to talk about uh, ball with the boys again. And, you know, you, you, you mentioned it early, but I also want to give you a shout out. You got equipment, so... Hopefully the viewers or listeners in this case um, notice the difference, notice the better sound quality. And yeah, man, just excited. Hell yeah, dude. Can't wait to get this out there and see what kind of response we get. But joining us remote this week as well, we got Chris and Aldo. Aldo, I'll start with you, man. How you doing? How's everything been treating you? It's good, man. Everything's going well. Uh, I mean, Thursday started off pretty well. United won today. Uh, the baby's still good. He's still you know he's happy as can be um but yeah man everything's going well how about you glad to hear it all though and yeah i'm good bro thanks for asking you know Rizzy with work and school and whatnot but hey i'm glad just to be back on the pod and officially talk about it you know we know what this episode is going to re- release so yeah i'm happy with that but yeah all good here and last but not least chris what about you man how's everything going in your world yeah bro everything's going great right now uh getting a lot of work getting a lot of hours recently um yeah i couldn't make it this week i'll see you guys soon um let's try out that new equipment hell yeah chris will be waiting um i kind of shut the bed earlier we gotta record once again but that's what happens when you got some new equipment you know you gotta go through a learning curve so <laughs> uh, fingers crossed uh, the button is still red and we're still recording so yeah just keep an eye on that but yeah guys we're gonna kick off this week's podcast with our biggest takeaways like we do every single week and I think I'll start off with mine uh, pretty much, and everyone here at home I'm pretty sure is aware as well, but as the World Cup approaches closer and closer, you know, there's a lot of injuries racking up for international players, and it is sad to see, but it is a ongoing trend. BR Football, uh, if you're not following them on Twitter or Instagram, what are you doing? But they released a tweet this morning saying injured World Cup uh, starting at 11, and just added to it this today, or the last couple of days, Timo Werner for Germany confirmed to miss the tournament. You mean some is in major doubt, and they join the long list with the likes of Kante, um, Pogba, Jota, Reese James, Rafael Varane, Ronald Alarujo, amongst others. So yeah, just very sad to see, especially with the World Cup coming up in three weeks now. Um, but yeah, I hope and I wish every player on that list a speedy recovery, and it's gonna be, it's not gonna be the same World Cup without them. But you know, that's what we get for having one in winter and in Qatar. So. I hope we learned our lesson and we never do this again. But that's my takeaway for the week. Uh, Chris, what about you, man? What's yours? Uh, my takeaway this week is uh, seeing Man City play without Holland. Holland picked up a knock, and then we saw Alvarez take his place, and he's looked like he's fit in pretty well. He presses really well, and it's gonna it's gonna be fun and exciting to see how he fits in with another striker playing up front with him. Yeah, Holland, another injury, not going to the World Cup, obviously, so he has that time to recover and rest. But yeah, uh, a lot of players injured in this congested schedule, you know, it even affects the ones that aren't going to the World Cup just because they have to play so much more, what's it called, consecutively or consistent than they normally would with their club. So yeah, pretty sad to see, and hopefully everyone gets better soon. Uh, Aldo, what about you, man? What's your takeaway for the week? Aldo? Yeah, yeah my takeaway is... Um... You know, bring it back to the States, man. Uh, congratulations to Pachuca real quick. The one Liga Mekis. Yeah, this is the fire life, you know. Hell yeah. We love to see it. But yeah, man. Uh, congratulations to Pachuca there. And then congratulations to LAFC. They got to the final over here in the MLS. We'll see how they fare. I think it's uh, this Saturday, right? Yes, sir. But yeah, that, that's my big. That's my takeaway for this week. You know, just uh, the quality of the clubs here in the states. How um, you know? Because for Pachuca, for me at least, they weren't on my radar, um, and they ended up winning it. Also, congratulations to them again. 
Yeah, normally it's me that brings the football to the state side, whether it's MLS or Liga Mackeys, but glad to see Aldo getting into it, and glad we got our cameo from our fifth member of 90 and 60 plus. Uh, I forgot his, what's his name again, Aldo? I forgot. Aziel Amadeus. Shout out, Aziel. I'm sorry if I butchered that. Um, and yeah, last last but not least, Saul, what about you, man? What's your takeaway? Yeah, my takeaway actually um, was early, earlier today, um, but I think it caught everyone by shock. Um is that PK officially announced his retirement? So, yeah, man. I mean, as a Barca fan, I said it before. I think someone else said it best, but they're like, we we were expecting it and we wanted it to happen, but it's just now that it's happened, we caught by surprise, I guess is the correct word, and we're just kind of, you know, saddened by it. Um, yeah, because PK, you know, great player. Regardless of what you think of him, you know, he's a, he's not only a Barca legend, but I think he's a football legend as well. Um yeah, he's just. Um, I think I think he was one of the first to become one of those t- more technically gifted ball playing center backs, and I think um, this was required in the modern game today. But I think at his peak, he was the ball best ball playing center back. Not not only best ball playing, I just think he was one of the best center backs. Period. Like there was like two three year period where it's just him and Puyol, him Mascherano, whoever it was. They were just rock solid in the back. But yeah, I think he was. Um, not the mark, but I think a lot of the center backs we see today are because of how PK and mainly Pep and all of them revolutionized that position. But yeah, regardless of what you think of him, you know, we wish him the best in retirement. And yeah, man, we just wish him the best. And, you know, he did point that he was going to, in his retirement video, he did uh, foreshadow to him running back, back for president. So, you know, um, I'd be interested, I'll, I'll be interested to see how that goes. But yeah, just caught everyone off guard and wish them the best. Yeah, very well said there, Saul. Nothing much more that I can add on to it. But what I will say is uh, I want to dispel some rumors. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors saying that, you know, the main reason why he's decided to retire, especially midseason, is because of we all know the Spotify deal with Barcelona and how they wore the Drake logo recently in El Clasico. And there is going to debut one with Shakira as well. And that's why he retired. That's all false, and let's not tarnish this man's legacy as a footballer. Um, let's try and separate his professional life from his um, personal life. I think we should admire him. Not admire, that's a really <laughs> strong word. But I think we should be thankful for everything he brought to the sport, especially as a professional athlete. And, yeah, let's not taint or tarnish his legacy at all as a footballer. And, yeah, we'll just be thankful that we got to witness such a legendary player of the game. So that's all I got to say. Aldo, Chris, anything y'all want to say, or should we just move on to our regular podcast talk? Yeah, man. Uh, for me, real quick, I do got something to say. You know, for PK, since he is, um, he was part of United for a, for a time, you know. But just listen, listen to his trophy trophy cabinet here. So he's got eight La Liga titles. Oh, crap! I lost it. No. <laughs> No, but he has a bunch. Like he has eight La Liga titles. I think it was six um, Super Copas España, uh, one World Cup, once. Uh, Man, can't believe I lost that list. Yeah, Two I know, Euros. I know he had thirty-six in total. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, one of the most decorated players in football, I no think doubt. Top five winning is yeah. Like, <laughs> top five with most trophies. It's crazy. Yeah, the majority of his trophies were from Spain. Uh, I know that. Um, he had one Premier League, uh, one Community Shield too, if, if you want to count that as a trophy, and then one, uh, three Club World Cups, Club World Cups. But yeah, man, that guy's—he's a baller. Um, I kind of wish she could have continued on to United and become a United legend, but you know it wasn't working out for him, and he had to move, which it was the great, which was the great thing in his career. So again, congratulations to him on his retirement. He's gonna. And hopefully, hopefully he enjoys it, and I wish him the best of luck for you know all his future projects and and ours. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned another player that retired recently, Frank Ribery, a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, that episode didn't air due to technical difficulties, but yeah, pretty much an end of an era. Uh, Ribery, Gonzalo Higuain, who were just retired recently in the MLS. Yeah, we're getting old, guys. As we grow up and grow older, you know these players that we grew up watching, admiring, they're uh, retiring, and yes, we have. New young players that come up every single year, but it's just uh, nostalgia and kind of sad to see all these players that we grew up with retire and bow out. So, yeah, at least they bow out as as champions in some cases. So, 
sad to see. Also, quick one to mention, uh, although you, you mentioned the MLS final with Philadelphia Union, bro, big shout out to Philadelphia in general. I mean, they're in the World Series right now. I think they're playing right now. I don't know how that score is going. The Eagles are 7-0. and Anyone know how the 76ers are doing? But <laughs> Not good. <laughs> Not good. No, but Philadelphia as a whole, man. I mean, I thought I'd mention that because, yeah, it's the first time the Union has ever made the final, the MLS final in their franchise history. So big shout out to them and should be a good one on Saturday. Yeah, that's true, man. I, I forgot about, um, about all the Philly teams, you know, making big moves this year. Crazy. Yeah, except for the 76ers. But we're here to talk about football, so let's dive right into, wow, we got a lot of football to catch up on, guys. So, I mean, we'll go through every other league if we need to, but I kind of just want to say, let's just talk about, like, what's been most predominant, you know, most newsworthy and stuff that we want to talk about in general. So I think we can start in the Premier League. Um, If I'm being completely honest, I haven't really kept up that much with it. I know Arsenal's still top of the table, which is good to see. Uh, Man City have lost one less game than them and they're only two points behind and then Spurs are right behind them and surprisingly Newcastle are in fourth place with Miguel Amiron on a a tear right now he has five goals in those last five games he uh, you know I think it's funny because for a while everyone called Amiron the poor man's Jack Grealish and now the tables have turned on that (laughs) but no it's good to see Premier League is always one of the most competitive leagues um is there any matches or teams that you guys want to mention specifically or talk about because I like I mentioned I've really seen a lot of Premier League recently I do I want to mention one match real quick and I want to say I am a prophet I did say Leeds would beat Liverpool and they did they won 2-1 arguably could have been more but you can also argue Liverpool didn't take their chances either but I did say, I predicted it. I said I had a feeling Leeds was going to win and that Van Dyke was going to finally lose the game at home. And I think Aldo also agreed with me, so he's also a prophet. But Yeah, yeah bro. I mean, we knew it, bro. I called it. I called it. And, I, and then I did say there would be questions raised on Klopp, and there was questions. There's people, it's mainly the media, you know. The media's got to talk, but there has been rumors of him possibly getting sacked, and if they would sack him, they'd get this coach and whatnot. But... If I'm being honest, um, I don't see him getting sacked. And well, since we're on top of cop, I was just gonna ask you guys. I, I doubt he gets sacked, but let's say hypothetically he does. I say, would you guys take him at your club? I mean, I know Chris is gonna say no, so I don't even want to ask him. But you, Christian, would you take him at Barca? Aldo, would you take him at United, or would you guys just stick with the coach you guys currently have? Hell no, I'd stick with Xavi. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with Eric Ten Hag too. But, I don't know, like, if it was in any other club, you know, I would definitely take Klopp. Just because, you know, we, we see what he's done at Dortmund and Liverpool um, and all those places he's been. You know, that curse is still going on with it within his seven-year mark where things kind of start to go downhill. But if I'm going to be a team and, and, a, and I'm a super, you know, if I'm a superstitious person, I'm going to say, yeah, bring Klopp in. I want to have him for the first, you know, six years of before the downhill. Because <laughs> yeah. that, that man that does wonders, man. I mean, again, just look at what he did at Borussia um, and then look at what he's done at Liverpool. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, personally, I think I'd be interested to see what he does because the problem with Liverpool was that they had to replace so many players. So it took him like that four-year reconstruction period before he actually like I guess he got the team he wanted and then he started you know playing the football he wanted and I think at Barca like there's already a lot of quality players you know if they could all stay healthy I would be interested in seeing what he does I I, I honestly don't know if I take him over Xavi but I do have my doubts on Xavi especially how inexperienced he is and how um how early on he seems so stubborn like he seems so stubborn about um starting Busquets starting certain players because they're key to his system but it's just the, the honestly I, sometimes I feel they, they harm his system more than help but there's a different discussion but uh, I, I'd be interested I'd say I mean if Xavi would have a bad bad run I think I'd be interested if Klopp got sacked for some reason I'd be interested in him um yeah I mean Chris, you can answer the question, but I'm pretty sure I know what you, what your answer is. Yeah, I would take Klopp over Pep anything. 
<laughs> Bro, that Leeds result. I mean, you said it again. This was all an episode that we didn't air because of technical difficulties. Oh, but yeah, we didn't. Air. In our predictions, I didn't have the balls, as Saul said, to say that Leeds would beat Liverpool, even though I had a gut feeling, but I went with the draw instead because I said, no, Van Dijk is undefeated at Anfield. That's going to stand. And in comes Jesse Marsh and America FC in the, in the Premier League, Ted Lasso 2.0. But no big ups to Leeds um, and Nottingham Forest to beat Liverpool the week just before. And yeah, Liverpool is struggling in the champions and in, in the league. So definitely questions being raised with Klopp. But I think you said it best. I think it's uh, just a, a rough patch. And I think after the World Cup, he'll definitely get his, his house in order. What about you guys? You guys want to talk about your clubs in the Premier League, City and United? Uh, I did want to talk about... Uh... Tied a race top two Arsenal and Man City. So the race is getting closer. Um, but Gabriel Jesus has been on a little bit of a goal drought recently. And I'm wondering uh, if you guys think that's going to be a problem for Arsenal. Where they got quality elsewhere. We saw Saka also come off with an injury. So maybe that maybe hurts their title push. Chris, I'm going to pull at you and say that Jesus does so much when he's not contributing to the goal scoring that it's just not showing up on the stat sheet. Um, you say that all the time with Jack Grealish, and I think Arteta knew that that's the player he would get when he signed uh, Jesus. And I think it's just, he's just reaping his reward. Even though he's not scoring, he's on a goal drought, he's assisting. He assisted Odegaard in the last game against Forrest, that 5-0 game well. But, yeah, I'm not worried. If I'm an Arsenal fan, I wouldn't be worried. He does so much off the ball, and... We saw this all the time at City. Chris, you of all people should know. Um, the amount of pressing that he does when he doesn't have the ball at his feet is so crucial to his team and that, to the side that he plays on. So I'm not worried. If I'm an Arsenal fan, I wouldn't be worried. To be fair, though, the Jesus we're seeing now at Arsenal is much, much different than the Jesus we were seeing at City. Um, the, the style of play that Arteta has now really complements Jesus. That's why he's able to do so much off the ball. Um yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's got a little bit of a goal tra- drought right now, but yeah, he's got the quality um, to get back. You know, it's just a matter of not if, but when. You know, that's right. Yeah, I was just gonna say the same thing as Christian. Uh, yeah, he just does so many stuff off the ball that I think contributes to their success. You know, uh, he, whether that's dragging away defenders or t- occupying space, um, to just to take up space. Um, you know, he does. Uh, he does what uh, Jack Grealish does for City, as you say, Chris. But, yeah, In a much just, better way. Yeah, I just think, um, you know, of course you want your forward to score. And if, you know, he continues in this drought, it does get a little worrying. But they do have Nketiah, who has performed almost every time he comes off the bench. So I don't I don't think they'd be too worried. Um, but I, I, I just, I think Jesus is just contributes a lot more than what we see. I think he's... He's kind of like what Busquets is to Xavi. He's just tactically key to what Arsenal wants to do. So, um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be too worried. I mean, they got Nketiah anyways, who played solid, so I don't think they they should be too worried. And on the subject of Premier League, I, I think, again, I think we mentioned this in one of the podcasts that didn't air, but uh, Steven Gerrard got the sack at Villa, and in comes, crap, who came in? Unai Emery. Unai Emery back in the Premier League. Good evening. Good evening. But I think Villa, they got off to the right start, and we see this all the time with new managers coming in. There's that bit of the manager boost, which I forget which famous pundit said it, but he always says it's so disrespectful because it's really just the players protesting to get the manager out, and then when they get one a new one in, they pick up the results immediately. But no, congrats to Emery. I'm glad to see him back in the Premier League and definitely will be more competitive now with Villa. So I'm excited to see that. I, I know he wasn't in charge, but Villa did get their ass whooped by Newcastle 4 0 this past week. But uh, I think his first, I don't even call it a true test, but the first Emery ball we really will see is this weekend. So, um, but even then, I don't expect like just overnight improvement. He'd barely have like a week and a half to work with the squad. So, but it's still, still interesting to see what they could do. And yeah, they are playing United, so United might, might fall victim to that. Um, new manager morale boost stuff so yeah yeah united beat west ham recently but before that they uh they drew with chelsea 1-1 graham potter 
No, we're to Graham Potter. He lost to Brighton. That's what I was going to mention. Yeah, his, in his match against his former club. Um, I think it was pretty bad. Yeah, 4-1. <laughs> Brighton mm-hmm. over Chelsea. Two own goals don't help either. Yeah, but there's that. Voldemort fucked Potter up, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude. Roberto the Serbi. We finally saw the Serbi ball in play. But, um, I think I think Grant Potter pulled up Pep Guardiola, just overthought his tactics, and then they fell to two own goals too, which didn't help. But, yeah. All right. Anything else, Premier League guys, or should we move on to something else? Real quick, United man. What what are what are y'all thoughts right now on United? I mean, they're mid. Like, I don't know, one zero. I think. Uh, Finally, they're kind of getting back to it. You know, Ronaldo's starting a lot. Um, Fernandes seems to be at the base of everything they're doing. It sucks that Varane is out, but, I mean, Harry Maguire played really well last game. <laughs> uh, I never thought I'd say that. Um, but Casemiro's firing. Eriksen seems to be more um, equated with the squad. I mean, it's it's okay. It could be better. But, yeah, it's, it's mid in my opinion. Yeah, I think... I don't know. I think United are on a good run, but I do feel like um, they're not going to be able to sustain it. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. I just have a feeling they're just going to fall apart unless unless they get some really good depth in January because uh, I just don't know. I, I don't trust like their bench and their players, but they are on a good run, but I just feel like they're just going to fall apart sometime soon. That might just be me, me be hating, as some people would say, but I, I, just, I don't know. I just have a feeling. They're gonna fall apart at some point unless they get some depth. Chris, yo, you know I always got some shit to say about United. Um, They've been on the up recently. Um, Looks like their team is finally adjusting to Ten Hag's tactics. Looks like this team is gelling together. And they're giving some young players, Garnacho, I think his name is, some minutes, oh. and he looks decent out there. Oh. So, um, we got Rashford. Big fan of Rashford, too. He's, he looks like he's back on good form. And, uh, yeah, we've seen, uh, we heard Pep praise the squad, and uh, he says they're going to get better, and I agree with him. They are going to get better because they need to give Man City I need to give the city of Manchester a rivalry again. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, man. I mean, I just love how they're playing right now. Very consistent. They're, well, they're bringing in that consistency more. Very solid at the back, too. I mean, you guys were just saying um, these last couple games that they've won, it's it's been, you know, 1-0 by the majority of them. So I like it. Very consistent, very solid at the back. Um, the only thing, I mean, it's going to be crazy now because with the Europa League clash today, uh, they beat Real Ciudad, but they needed two goals to get first place. So they ended up in second. And they could face Barcelona in a playoff round. Yeah, I saw that. I feel like they're either going to face Barca or Ajax. It's just written in the star that it's going to be one of those two teams. Could be, yeah. But yeah, it's 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 either Ajax, Juventus, Barcelona, and I think one other. I can't remember. But we'll see what happens, man. But yeah, I'm liking how they're looking. Um, and I don't think they're gonna fall victim to that new manager boost that Aston Villa has. I think they're they're gonna get the points, get the business done. Yo, you mentioned Europa League right there. I mean, I think we we can just transition to European soccer. You know, with Europa League and with Champions League, because there's a couple of good champion league uh, results that I want to talk about. I want to bring it back to last week where Atletico Madrid had a crazy end to their game versus, uh, who was it? It wasn't Club Bruges. Leverkusen. It was Bayer Leverkusen, yeah. Dude, in the 98th minute in stoppage time, it was drawn 2-2, and they had a chance to score a penalty, which would have given them three points and put them in a much better position. But had they have made it, they would have kept their Champions League hopes alive. Yana Carrasco steps up to the spot. And it's saved by the goalkeeper. And then, you know, it rebounds, hits the crossbar, cleared off the line, and it finally goes out of play and pretty much eliminates Atletico not only from Champions League, but also from Europa League. So that was crazy. Um, and then if we just want to talk about Champions League in general, which 
wrapped up earlier this week, as did Europa League. Yeah, uh, Barcelona officially down to the Europa League once again. But yeah. Real quick, real quick, since you get, we're talking about Atletico, yeah. I saw a report that apparently Atletico is looking to transfer out like a like handful of players, um, and Jao Felix is included in that list. Hmm. Well, yeah, I've heard a lot of rumors about Jao Felix in general, how he wants to leave. I just, I always thought that was a bad transfer. I don't think the style of football Simeone plays is for him. But yeah, I saw that Barca would be interested in Joao Felix. But also Real Madrid, yeah. which is weird. Yeah, I mean, United too, but I, I see United as being a long shot, if I'm being honest. Yeah. If you ask me, man, Atletico did it right. They got knocked out of the Champions League. They didn't even want to play Europa League football, bro. They just finished fourth. That's how it should be done. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yo, since we're on the topic of that, I, I think I know the answer it's to this. Make Mourinho proud, bro. I, I think I, I want to ask y'all something. I think I know y'all's answer, but I just had to ask it anyways. What's a, bill, a bigger failure, Barca not making it past the Champions League groups or Atletico Madrid just falling, just completely just failing the whole entire group? Because you got to remember, Atletico, I, I thought about it yesterday, and people might just uh, would say I'm deflecting off uh, Barca's failure. But if you think about it, dude, Atletico was in a group with Leverkusen, Club Bruges, and is it Porto, I think? Porto, Porto. top of the group. Yeah, and then they also have the they also have the world's highest paid uh, coach in Diego Simeone. So with that being said, what's a bigger failure? Atletico Madrid just crashing out completely or Barca not making it um, past the group stage in Champions League but still getting Europa League football? Oof. That's a good question, man. That is. But, I mean, if you really analyze it, though, if you really analyze it, I would have to say Atletico Madrid is the biggest failure between the two. Because as soon as the groups were announced, you know, we were all like, you know what? Well, many, many of us, including myself, were like, Barca's not going to make it out of that group. There's no way in hell. You know, they might get Europa, but they're not making it out of the group. So we... I had that expectation already, but for Atletico to not even get to Europa, like just completely bow out of Europe in the group stage, that that sucks. You know, that's that's a really bad. I guess it's one of their worst runs in in Champions League in the last couple of seasons. You know, at the group stage. I think runs by a, what what what's considered a big team, not like in general, because I think Rangers is technically the worst team to ever play Champions League. I think they had zero goals scored, and they got like twenty goals scored on, so their goal differential was negative twenty, which makes them the worst Champions League group stage team in history. But, oh no, yeah, but but I'm saying like it's 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 like for for big Madrid, it's their their worst run. Yeah. Yeah, cause, in the last couple of seasons. I was in the same boat as you. Like I was like, yeah, it's a failure Barca made it, but they were in the group of death. I think it's just a bigger failure because of all the money attachments to it and, you know, all these expectations after buying all these players. But the more I thought about it, I was like, dude, I was like, Atletico was in a group everyone thought they'd make it out of. Plus, uh, they have the world's highest-paid coach, which uh, to me, I'm just like, man, this guy... For, for Simeone being the world's highest paid co- coach, I don't think he gets criticized enough. I mean, his football he plays gets criticized, but like him as an actual coach, he doesn't get criticized. They're like, yeah, he plays boring football, but he gets the results, and that's what matters. But I think these past two seasons haven't been good for Atletico. But I, I think that's a different conversation. Conversation. But what do you think, Chris? I mean, you said most of it, but... Uh, I kind of disagree. I think uh, because of the spending, because of buying Lewandowski for 50 million, Rafinha, and uh, all these players that they brought in in the summer, uh, that was to get results now. And you guys failed. You guys didn't couldn't make it in the group chat, couldn't um, finish top two in your group, so you dropped down to the Europa. And I don't think Europa is what the board, the coach, the squad had in mind when they saw all these newcomers coming in. Yeah, but you also got to remember, Barca had that 
that bad luck. I, these are excuses, but they did have the bad luck of their whole defensive line pretty much getting injured in the most crucial, crucial part of the season. I mean, do they? They had to make a makeshift line of a center back pairing of Piquet and Alonso, or Piquet and Eric Garcia, which, we're being honest, is just is not good enough for any top team anywhere. But I mean, yeah, I understand both sides. The only reason I think Atletico's is a bigger failure is because it's just the, the the group they were in was concerned. Like, if Barca was in that group and they had the injuries they had, I honestly think they would have still topped that group. But you know, I, I, I see arguments for both sides, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, Leti were definitely expected to finish top two instead of fourth. I'm going to kill two birds with one stone here. So to answer your question, Saul, first of all, I do agree that I think Atletico is, is a bigger failure, but I also think it's the best blessing in disguise for them because now they can just focus on the league, whereas Barcelona, you know, they have now two competitions to juggle, two major competitions. And going back to what you said, Chris, yes, it's a massive disappointment and massive failure, and in my opinion, to bow out of the Champions League and crash down to Europa League because everything you said is true. They planned for immediate success this season, and the fact that it didn't come off is nothing but a failure. So am I disappointed? Yes, but is... It expected? Was it expected? No, it wasn't because of all the backing and all the spending and all the financial levers that they pulled in the summer. Um, it sucks for both teams. It sucks for all teams in Spain in general. I think Real Madrid is the only team that made it out of the Champions League group stage that is from Spain. So, yeah. Is La Liga the real Farmers League? Nah. Real quick, if, if, if y'all were in Barca situation, what would you prioritize, the league or Europa League? I think it's a lot easier to get second or third in La Liga than to win the Europa League, if I'm being honest. Yeah, yeah I think the league should be prioritized, but it's like at the same time, you put all your eggs in that basket and then you, I don't know, used to just go on a bad run, but then at the same time, you're already knocked out of Europa. is going to be a bad season. Yeah. Well, hey, switching gears because Barcelona makes me depressed. <laughs> um we're talking about Champions League and how crazy it's been. I thought this was absolutely insane. This really caught me off by surprise. So Group H consisted of Benfica, PSG, Juventus, and Maccabi Haifa. First of all, UA going down the Europa League, insane, unheard of in the past decade. Second of all, the fact that, I don't know if you guys saw this, but PSG and Benfica finished tied on points with 14 points, and they had to go to a seventh tiebreaker to find out who will finish first, which was Benfica because they scored the more away goals in the Champions League campaign. So because of that, Benfica qualified through first, and PSG have now qualified through second. <clears throat> Excuse me. So this gives us a lot of big possibilities for PSG to face in the round of 16, whether it's City, Madrid, Chelsea, Bayern Munich, Napoli. It's just going to be an insane knockout round. I don't want to see them go against City. That would be good. Yeah, I was just going to mention Santi Jimenez real quick. He scored a game-winning goal against Lazio, which, end, which ended up uh, with that, that group of Feyenoord, Lazio, I think Sturm Graz, and who's the other team? I think FC Mich, Michelin or something like that. They were That was a crazy group. They were all tied up at same amount of points. No, not same amount of points, but all of them went to the last match. They, they could all qualify for the for the game, and... Yeah, as I said, Santi Mena scored the game-winning goal, uh, which ended up uh, making them top the group, and they made it to the round of 16 now, and which eliminated Lazio, and completely, they didn't even go down conference league, they just eliminated completely, but yeah, I just want to give out a shout-out to Santi Mena for that, he scored a goal, and hopefully, you know, Tata, there's been rumors he's not going to take him to the World Cup, but hopefully he rethinks his position, and he takes him instead of uh, Funes Mori. <laughs> Or as we call him, Funes Hon- Muerto. Honest. You, you got to take Santos Minas, bro. You just got to take him. He's He's been on really good form, both, you know, in El Divisa and in Europe. Yeah, he's like top, top, scorer, top, top scorer for Europa League, and I think he's only started one or two games. So that's crazy. Exactly, bro. It's a no-brainer to take him. Even, like, you don't have to start him. But take him. He's he can give you something off the bench. Yeah, bro, I can't wait till we get close to the World Cup because I gotta I want to rant so bad about Tata. 
Did y'all see that he's like uh, supposedly talking to Carlos Vela, trying to persuade him to get to the World Cup for Mexico? Oh yeah, I saw that some like delegates for the Mexican Federation yeah. want to talk to him to try to convince him, but he supposedly rejected them. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what we we talk about this all the time. How Mexico just needs a creator. That's Carlos Vela in a nutshell. So hopefully he changes his opinion. I doubt it. Um, but yeah, also really briefly, y'all mentioned Funes Mori. I'll just mention this and we can move on. I saw this on a on a video recently. It was like, can you guys imagine Argentina versus Mexico and Argentina sees on the starting eleven Rogelio Funes Mori on the starting lineup? No se cagan de risa. Yeah. For real, dude. Uh, I mean supposedly Raul Jimenez is gonna make it because he um he's recovered. He might be like way off form, but even then I think I'd still start um I think I'd start Henry Martin or Santi Jimenez over him still. He's just, he hasn't been good ever since, uh, uh, as they say, David Luis neutered our boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he hasn't been good since that injury. Rest in peace. Yeah. All right, well, I mean, I guess we'll just go through the rest of the leagues very briefly. Um, La Liga, Barcelona, they've been pretty good ever since El Clasico. You know, 4 0 went over Athletic Club. Rest in peace to Gavi's balls. And 1-0 over Valencia recently. Meanwhile, Madrid, I believe they drew for the Dude, first time this past weekend against Girona. I think second time. Yeah, second time. So that narrows down the, the points. 32 to Real Madrid, 31 to Barcelona. So, yeah, it's back where it was a couple weeks ago. I mean, Bar- I mean, I knew I knew Real Madrid was going to drop points. But that Barcelona-Valencia game, that was... Uh, that was a tough watch, man. None of, none of those teams played good, but, you know, we, we pulled the Real Madrid and scored in the last minute, and it felt good. And then Real Madrid dropped points the next day, which was even better. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a t- It looks like this one's going to go down to the wire. Uh, it seems that Barca actually do know what they're doing in La Liga, so. Yeah, which is interesting, you know. This, this was my worry about when Xavi came. Because I remember when he first came, there was always those reports that he would always – um. Under underperform in the, um, I guess there's this called like the, I don't know what it's called, but it's technically the Asians Champions League, and that Xavi would always underperform there, but it would always perform in the in the league. I remember at one point I think in the league he had gone like forty, a forty match unbeaten streak, so uh, that that was my only worry with him was that he would perform in the league but wouldn't perform the Champions League bit. As I said before, he still is a young coach, so I just got to see how he develops and see. Hopefully, he is the one to bring us the glory. But, yeah. And Serie A. Dude, Napoli is absolutely running away with the league right now. They're on top at 32 points. Atalanta's in second place with 27. I mean, dude, Kwicha Kravic, Kilia. This guy's a man on fire. Victor Osman, he's also coming into a lot of form recently, which is good to see. But, yeah, Napoli is top of the table, and... Juventus is out of the top six. Yeah, they'll go all the way down to seventh to see where they're at. Inter's also in six. But yeah, Nat City has a very entertaining league to watch this season. Lingon, as we all expected, PSG top of the table. No more to say about that. Bundesliga, there's been some interesting results recently, but it's still Union Berlin in first. Bayern behind them with one point. Dortmund in fourth, four points behind Union Berlin. And you got Frankfurt and Leipzig in fifth and sixth. Um, no, I mean, we're just, we're just praying on... Bayern and PSG's downfall, and hopefully someone else wins the league. <laughs> we're not playing, not praying on their downfall. We're just praying for someone else to win. That's it. Yeah, I want to give a quick shout out to Jude Bellingham. That man is on absolute fire right now. He's literally carrying Dortmund on, on his back, in my opinion. I think he's their top goal scorer uh, and top chance creator at the moment. And he just always seems to pop up with a goal every single week. And it's a crucial goal. It's a game winning goal or a game tying goal. So. He's really pulling Dortmund through some dark times right now. So, yeah, shout out Bellingham. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. He's going to be a hot target for many clubs in the summer. Maybe even the winter transfer window. But, uh, you know, United is in, is in there, Liverpool, Real Madrid. So, but yeah, big shout out to him. He's a big, big target. All right. So, what do y'all think now? The Premier League pick him? The... Wait, actually. <laughs> Since the uh, Champions League group stage uh, wrapped up, y'all want to see our predictions and how we did? Oh, yeah, let's do that. I want to see how I did. (laughs) Y'all down with that? Yeah. All right. I'm down. Wait, wait. So how do we decide who won? I mean, no one really won anything. And although, first of all, you weren't there that week, so you don't have any predictions. (laughs) 
I wasn't here that I wasn't there that week. Nah, man. You sure? I'm positive. Yeah. Didn't he, nah. Didn't he send us? I even his... wrote him down. You're, okay. Well, if you wrote him down, we have that. But you never sent him to me or anything. Hey, do you have the results right, get... up, or you want me to pull them up? I got him. All right. Let me get my notebook real quick. Give me a second. All right. Well, while you do that, I'll uh, say our predictions. So, Chris, it just goes alphabetical order. So, I guess we'll start with you. Uh, you correctly predicted. That's Group C. Let's go to Group A. You head ass. I mean, you got first and second right. It's just flip flopped. You predicted Liverpool to finish first. With they finished second. Um, my dumbass. I said Liverpool and Ajax. We all underestimated Napoli at the start of the season, honestly. And so you're right there with me, man. Uh, Liverpool and Ajax. So, Damn. Chris, you're the only one that seems to get it right, unless Aldo got it right. And we're gonna take all those words. Hopefully, he's not just like, oh yeah, Napoli, Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> two <Honestly. out> of <laughs> two. <laughs> Hold up, hold up. All right. Uh, group B, Chris, uh, you got it. You got Porto, right? You said Atletico and Porto. Only Porto qualified. And again, I don't think any of us predicted Club Bruges to be up there. Um, uh, I, I didn't predict them, but I did say right. I wouldn't be surprised. And then Here we go. Here. I also said uh, Atletico Leverkusen, which neither have qualified. So, yeah, there goes me. And so, same with you. You said Atletico and Leverkusen. Damn, bro. Oh, for two. That's trash. All right, what do you got, Aldo, for groups A and B? Uh, for A, I had Ajax as, as first, then Liverpool, Napoli, and then Rangers. All right, you got one or two right. Group B. B, I had I had Atleti as first. Well, that, that fucked up. <laughs> Then Porto, then Club Rouge, then Liverpool. All right, I guess we know all those telling the truth. <laughs> you got one or two on both. All right, what about Group C, Aldo? C, I had Bayern, Inter. Well, the order was Bayern, Inter, Barca, and Victoria. Uh, I guess we'll take your word for it, huh? But yeah, Chris, I mean, you said Bayern and Barcelona. Group, you know. Yeah. Chris got it wrong, or he got one right. Uh, he's pre- correctly predicted Bayern, but said Barca would qualify, as did me and as did Saul. So, yeah, all those are the ones that really got it right there. Group D. Now you all got to suck me up. <laughs> what would you say for Group D, Aldo? Group D, I had Spurs, Marcel, Sporting, and then Frankfurt. Dude, this group was tough. I don't know if you guys saw, but the last... Uh, yesterday, the last day of the or the last match week for this group, any anyone could have qualified. And at one point, Marseille was beating Spurs, and that left Marseille in and Spurs out. And I believe Sporting was also beating Frankfurt, but then Frankfurt came back. It was just a crazy, crazy group. But yeah, uh, Chris, you correctly predicted Spurs, and you said Sporting will finish second, which you got wrong. I said Spurs and Marseille, and holy crap, I shat the bet on that. And so you also said Spurs and Marseille. Damn. All right, although what about Group E? Almost there. Group E, I had... Oh, shit. Who did I write? Oh, that's Dynamo. No, but that's not first. I had Milan, Salzburg. I had Chelsea wasn't going to go through, but, you know, because they were in a mess. And then Dynamo. You dumbass. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Chris had it similar. Uh, no, he had it. At, Chris got it right. First and second right. He correctly predicted Chelsea, then Milan. Saul, you said Milan and then Chelsea. And then I also said Chelsea and Milan. So, yeah, there's some W's there for us. Group F. I mean, I think this one's pretty self-explanatory. Aldo, what would you say? Yeah, I had Real, Leipzig, uh, Shakhtar, and Celtic. Yep. That's exactly what Chris had. That's exactly what I had. And that's exactly what Saul had. So we can all move on. G? G, uh, I had City. Borussia, Sevilla, and Copenhagen. Oh, you got it spot on, dude. Yeah. Uh, Chris said the same thing. No, Chris actually said Sevilla will finish second, which they didn't. And then I correctly predicted City and Dortmund, and as did Saul. So, yeah, we all got it right there. Group H. I don't think any of us predicted U of A to finish third, but let's hear what Aldo had to say. Yeah, no, I had Benfica finishing third. I had PSG, Juve, Benfica, and, and uh, Maccabee. 
Maccabi. Yeah. So Chris actually said Juve would finish first and PSG second. He got one right. Or he, yeah, PSG did finish. What up? <laughs> um, I said PSG, Juve, and so did Saul. So, yeah, there's that, man. Damn. So, yeah, just goes to show again how, and you guys know it every week if you're an avid listener, how horribly wrong we got the Premier League pick em. Uh Champions League is no different. But with that said, we're going to try our luck once again with the Premier League pick em. Um If y'all don't know what this is by now, uh, Chris, you want to explain to everyone what this is? Yeah, so the NBC Sports Predictor app uh, on there is a Premier League pick em, And every week there are five. I think there were six last week. There's six again this week. Six again this week. Six matches that uh, we get the results on. And if you get all all of them right, there's a 50K gift at the end. That's right, y'all. And we also have our own little mini league that we play with the four of us, which, you know, some weeks we all don't participate in it, but some weeks we do, just to give y'all an update on that leaderboard. Saul, he's still in first because this man plays every single week. He does not miss a single week. 158. Chris, you're in second with 136. I got 124, and Aldo has 110. What the fuck? <laughs> I, think, I think I missed a couple of weeks yeah you missed a couple for sure dude and you know it says a lot about me how I'm only 14 points ahead of you if you missed one a couple of weeks yeah Chris has missed like a week or two as well yeah and that boy's in third or second <laughs> you know uh, yeah. alright y'all well hey man anything can happen we can always pick up results here so let's just do that so let's get right into it boys First game on here, it is Everton versus Leicester. Oh, dude, Everton, they've been they've been all right, you know? I mean, they lost to Newcastle uh, not long ago, but everyone loses at Newcastle, honestly. Tied with Fulham last week. Um, but, yeah, it's they're higher than Leicester. I famously said that Leicester's going to get relegated, and it still looks like they're in the relegation zone. So I'm going to stick to to Everton. I think Alex Awobi, ever since he moved into that midfield position, has... Uh, gone over leaps and bounds so yeah I'm going to say Everton 1-0 damn uh, I actually think Leicester's been in good form haven't they let me check real quick but I'm pretty sure Leicester's been picking up form and for that reason uh, I mean I kind of they were um, they won two their last their last one but uh, Le- Leicester's I think slowly picking up form so I think they're going to win this one um I think I'm going to go 1-0 to Leicester. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this, you know, to Leicester for sure. They've, real quick, though, I do want to say shout-out to, to Leicester's board because they haven't sacked Brendan Rodgers. <laughs> like, we know many teams out there that if if this was the case for their team, they would have sacked them after real quick. Um, but no, they they're kind of sticking with him. We'll, we'll see how much longer they stick with him. But so far, we're getting we're getting close to the to, you know to the break, and they still have Brendan Rodgers at the helm. So shout out to them. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say two nil for Leicester um, against this Everton side. I think they're they're gaining momentum. To leave that relegation zone, like Saul said. Yeah, um, this one's a tough one. They're pretty evenly tied, but I think Leicester has the edge. I think they win this 1 0. All right, and then the next one is Chelsea. Oh, this is a good one, bro. Chelsea versus Arsenal. I mean, Chelsea. One week they're hot, the next week they're not. And Arsenal, it's like every other week. They might not play as well, but they still pick up results. And, yeah, they're still in first place. Chelsea is just outside the top six right now. No, they're in sixth place. So just outside of Europa League position, actually. But, no, I mean, it's a way to, to Arsenal. So I, I still think they have the advantage and they're a better team come the end of the day. So I'm going to say 2-1 to Arsenal. Damn. Um... Yeah, I think this is just going to be a very tactical battle, and no team can actually have the edge. I think it's just going to end up in a 2-2 draw. Yeah, that's the same result I'm going for, 2-2 draw. 
check this shit out. Okay. I'm gonna say it's a draw two, but not at two two. Damn. I think it's just gonna be a one all draw. All right, nice. That was quick. Um, next one on here. My phone always locks before I get to the next one. West, West Ham and Palace. 13th versus 10th. Dude, these are two teams that I feel like everyone said they would be doing a lot better this season than they're actually doing. Kind of disappointing seasons. But out of the two, I feel like West Ham is having a slightly less disappointing season. And I think that says a lot given the fact that they are a little bit lower on the table. But no, I back them, especially being at home. I'm going to say 1-0. Yeah, 1-0 to West Ham. Damn. Yeah, as you said, this is a tight match. This is two teams, you know, pretty close. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to give West Ham the edge. I think I'm going to go with I'm gonna go with uh, a 1-0 victory to West Ham. Yeah, I'm going to give this game to West Ham. Um, I mean, you guys already said it. It's a tight match. But I'm just gonna go to West Ham two one. I'm also gonna say two one, but to Crystal Palace instead. Are you Vieira? Mother, this guy loves slobbing over Vieira. <laughs> All right, next Don't get me wrong. No, but it's, uh, I'm gonna go to West Ham. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next one, uh, Villa who I believe will have their first match under Unai Emery versus Manchester United. And yeah, I think that new manager bump is really going to help them out here, especially given the fact that United is very patchy. They're not very convincing at the moment. So I'm going to give it to Austin Villa. They're at home, so I think they got the advantage there as well. And I think it's going to be... I'm going to say 2-1. Yeah, I mean, I did say earlier that I did believe United would fall to the new manager morale boost by Villa bits. I don't think they'll necessarily lose. I think they're going to draw and drop. Well, obviously, they'll drop points. But, yeah, I think they're going to draw. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with... Uh, damn. I don't know. I just know they're going to draw. Um, I'll, I'll go with a 1-1 draw. Nah, fam. Uh, yeah, it's going to take this 2-0. Again, like I said, they've been consistently uh, tight at the back. Uh, they've kept a good amount of clean sheets in their last, what, 10 games. Um, I think they've only been scored on once or twice. So I think they're going to keep another clean sheet. So, yeah, 2-0 United. Yeah, I agree with that result. I think it's going to be 2-0 for United. Damn. Am I the only one that said Austin Villa? But I said a one-one draw. I just—it's just the way Emery plays against big clubs. We saw it with um, in that Europa League final, I think it was, where he just plays defensive and counterattack football versus, uh, quote-unquote bigger teams. And I just know what he really, what he does really well is um, defensively set up really well. I mean, we saw it at Villarreal earlier for the longest time. They were tied with uh, Barca for the best defense in the league. I think it wasn't until they faced Barca that Barca was the first team to put more than one goal past them when they put, I think, three, four, no. Yeah, what he brings is defensive uh, solidness. So that's why I say a 1-1 draw. Yeah, very well put. All right, second to last one. It's uh, Southampton versus Newcastle. And honestly, if you say anything but Newcastle, you don't know ball, man. Um, Newcastle's on an absolute tear right now. Fourth place in the Premier League. Miguel Amridon is playing like he's a potential player of the year candidate. And, yeah, I think it's going to be 3-0 to Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think they're going to go with back-to-back 4-0 victories with another 4-0 here versus Southampton. I mean, I don't know, man. I think it's time um, for Newcastle to receive the... They receive that 9-0 beating that they receive every season. So, I'm going to say 9-0 to Newcastle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I agree. I think Newcastle wins this comfortably. I'm going to say 3-1. 
And uh, I also got to say that this hype for Almiron has got to stop because he's <laughs> such a basic player that's hit a good run of form. Because he's doing better than um, Grealish. <laughs> so was Jack Grealish, and then he got bought for $100 million. Yeah, bro, y'all should have wasted $100 million on Almiron. You would have at least gotten six goals out of him. Almiron <laughs> play. <laughs> All right, y'all, last match on here. Uh, it's a good one. Spurs versus Liverpool. I mean, this is these are two managers that are really under in the hot seat right now. We mentioned Klopp earlier and uh, Conte. I don't think he gets uh, a lot of disrespect on his name, but he's not very convincing or at Spurs at the moment. So it's a test for both managers. Um, can you guys imagine the pressure that's put on Klopp if he loses this game, which I think is very possible and I think will happen. But... Yeah, I mean, I already kind of said it there. Spurs are going to take the W. I think it's going to be a tough, high-scoring affair. I'm going to go with 3-2 to Spurs. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point, Liverpool and more Klopp are just trying to make it to the World Cup break. I think that's what they're really aiming for. But, yeah, you mentioned Conte earlier, and I was reading that right now that they qualified for the Champions League knockout, I think this is will barely be his fourth uh, knockout game that he's played in the Champions League, which is crazy for a manager that's often considered to be one of the elites in Europe. It's just crazy to think it's barely his fourth uh, Champions League knockout game that he's going to be playing. But uh, Nevertheless, I do think this one ends in a 2-2 draw. I don't think these teams will be able to see a difference, uh, especially without um, Son, who I think is a very... I mean, they don't got Son, Richarlison, or... Kulosevsky, and I think those are all very key pieces to how Conte plays his counterattack football. I don't think Harry Kane, and I don't know who else he'll put up there with him. Maybe Perisic. I don't. I really don't know who else he's going to put up front with him. But I, I, I don't think there'll be a difference between these teams. I think it'll be a two-two draw. Yeah, man, you you touched on it there with uh, Son, you know, not being there for Spurs and, and all the injury woes going on for both clubs. But I think that it's going to be another one of those games where it's last minute, you know, maybe by a couple centimeters it's a goal or not. But 2-1 for Liverpool, they're going to take it at the last minute and they're going to cause, you know, Spurs to drop some more points. Yeah, I can see no other result other than Spurs winning this. I'm going to say 2-1. All right, y'all, and that's it. Six match, six games for this match week, so make sure you guys get your points in. There's a lot of points up for grabs here and hopefully one of us do well and maybe one walk away with that $50 jackpot. $50,000 jackpot, excuse me. But fingers crossed, and don't forget to submit your picks to the league. But yeah, that's it for the Premier League Pick'em, and I think for the end of this podcast, unless any of y'all have anything to say before we wrap up? R.I.P. Take a wrap it up, Oh, man. Forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot take off the... Benjamin Pavard brought the dad back just to pay tribute to him. Man, I've heard, I heard a guy who passed away. Man, that sucks. Yeah. Anyways, y'all. Yeah, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Um, again, thank you for being patient. And our last podcast was uploaded on October 17th. And that's now the beginning of November. <laughs> so um, thanks for being patient. And hopefully you guys can see the improvement and the quality we're trying to put into this. So, yeah. Uh, thank you, as always, for listening. And make sure you follow us on our socials, which we haven't really been on recently but you guys should still follow us it's at 90 and 60 pod on twitter and tiktok so check us out on there subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it from and we'll see you next time adios yeah as always thank you guys for listening we'll see you guys uh, next week thank you for always listening and we'll see you next week thank you like always guys for your support for you know listening uh, listening us to us ramble about ball we appreciate you and we'll see you next week <laughs>